0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. This is part two of the main harvest that we're looking at in our series of messages concerning the first resurrection. So I'll do a quick introduction, but we're not gonna to go too far back because we'll just never get through the material we wanna get through. We looked at the uh, this idea of a first resurrection and it's likened unto a harvest in 1 Corinthians 15. There's three parts to a harvest, the first fruits, we looked at and we did a message on that already. We are now in the main harvest. And then finally, there will be a part of a harvest called the gleanings. Go ahead and farm any type of crop and you will find, you have know, first fruits, You'll have your main crop, the main harvest, and then after that, you'll have what's called the gleanings. All of that is all part of the same harvest. Now, I would urge you, if you haven't heard the messages prior to this, go to our website and all of the messages are categorized and you can pull them up and listen to them. But we are, this is a series, so it's important that uh, you, you hear it from the beginning all the way to the end, and hopefully we'll get all of our questions answered. Uh, The main harvest is the gathering that will close out the church age. This will be God, what we sang, and again, Wesley and I didn't speak, but what we just sang was our blessed hope, our blessed hope. We're going to hear the trump, and we're going to, our appointment is in the air, not the grave. It's That's our hope as Christians right now. That's our hope. Call up meet the Lord in the air. Three times God catches away dead saints and living saints. This is part of one resurrection called the first resurrection. It's likened to a harvest and it has three parts. Now we are in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And this is part 2 now of the main harvest as we look at uh, verse number 14. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse number 14. For if we believe that Jesus died... And rose again. Do you believe that? Yes. Okay. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus. That's those that have already died. Will God bring with him? Did Jesus die and rise again? You bet he did. That's the gospel, by the way. There is no gospel without. Okay. Okay. Okay, Jesus died Well, that's not the gospel (laughs) That's not good news (laughs) Gospel means good news, folks Jesus died and rose again There's no gospel without a rose again part The resurrection is what makes the complete good news of the gospel Man, Jesus died Well, that's bad news (laughs) Oh, wait, he rose again He defeated death He's got victory over it. You're in Christ. I'm in Christ. If you've trusted him, we've got the victory. Amen. All right. So he rose again. Uh, Just just a little side trail. We're not going to stay here long. How do you spot false Christianity? Anytime works are added, that's a red flag. Every religion besides true biblical Christianity, got tongue tied again. Has you, not you personally, just mankind, doing something to merit salvation. Yep. Okay. That's your first red flag. That person's about as lost as they can be. The second thing that makes true biblical Christianity completely different from every other cult and every other false religion, other, every other sect or worldview, is a resurrection. Amen. Buddha's dead, Muhammad's dead, Joe Smith's dead, Marietta Baker, Smith, whatever her name is, dead. And they ain't rising again. Jesus Christ alive. We serve a risen Savior. Resurrection. Amen. Resurrection. Amen. Let's go over to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And let's get back to 1 Corinthians. Let's go back there too. John 11 and 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Jesus in John 11, he makes the claim. Watch this. John chapter 11, verse 25. Uh, Let's let's get a little context uh, in verse 24. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Uh, it's just Lazarus talk. And so we get to verse 24. That's what Martha says. Now, Jesus, watch what he says. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. How's that for eternal security? Yeah. Believest thou this? Yeah. Jesus makes a very 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 bold claim I am the resurrection <laughs> You're looking at him boys and girls that's what Jesus is basically saying not to change the bible but I'm it Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life He makes that claim Now go over to first corinthians chapter 15 15 Watch Jesus prove the claim. Watch this. This is good. He made the claim in John 11. You ever stand up and make a claim and then you fall flat on your face after people prove you and it don't work out? <laughs> That's how people get married. You know, the fella makes the claim. I'm going to love you and I'm going to do all this for you. And then they get married. And then about six months into it, the wife's like, wait, I thought you said you were going to love me and do all these things for me. Well, I lied. <laughs> it, it happens all the time in relationships. You know, boss hires a guy, does one interview, goes called back for second interview, third interview. Yeah. The guy says, yeah, I'm going to do all this, 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 this. Boss hires him three weeks into, it, he's like, wait a minute. When I interviewed you, you said, Oh well, yeah, I lied. <laughs> Don't we all make claims? And then we find out we can't live up to the claims that we make. Jesus made a bold claim in John 11. This is not a mere man. This is God Almighty. Watch the claim be proved. Moreover, verse 1, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I have preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, watch this, How that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. Watch this. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Period. Except when you look at it, there isn't a period. There's a period on top of a period. (laughs) That is the end of a sentence, but not really at the end of the sentence, because it doesn't complete the thought there is another thought that is attached to this watch this watch watch it watch the claim of john 11 be proved and that he was seen of cephas then of the twelve see that he was seen watch this there's no period you got a period on top of a period at the end of verse five after that verse six he was seen of about 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain with this present, but some are falling asleep. Period. If you don't know where to take somebody in the Bible when you're witnessing to them, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That is a good starting point for a few reasons. One, you see in verse number three and verse number four, the gospel, which is Christ died for our sins. According to the scripture, Jesus died for lost people because they're why are they lost? Because they're sinners. Christ came to save sinners. And he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Well, how do I believe that? OK, we'll keep reading. He was seen as Cephas. Is that good enough proof for you? No. OK, he was seen of about 500. Is that good enough proof for you? No, it was all at once. Is that good enough proof? You got eyewitnesses. No, it's not. Okay, then keep reading. Verse seven. After that, he was seen of James. Then also of the apostles. Verse eight. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. For I'm at least the apostles that are not me called apostles because I persecuted the church of God. Jesus Christ made the claim in John 11 and he proved it. Seen of Cephas, seen of the 12, seen about 500 brethren at once, seen of James, seen of the apostles, seen of Paul. If you get all the way down to verse 8 and the person says that they still don't believe it, I don't know what to do except start right back at the beginning. <laughs> Let's go through it again. It's anything but believe the Bible. It's anything but believe the Bible. But Jesus made the claim in John 11 and he proved it. Now, let's get back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's get Titus. Go through Timothy. Go through 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And (laughs) And then you'll come to Titus. And we'll want to get Colossians as well. All right. Colossians right before Thessalonians. So we got 1 Thessalonians 4. Let's read that. Verse 16 again. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, we are going to be spending Thursday nights on uh, all this stuff, rapture, all this stuff. We're not going to get into this timing until we work out in our mind this idea of the first resurrection likened to a harvest, first fruits, main harvest, gleanings. Because once we work that through our mind and we have that scripture when we get to the timing of it, it's just going to make so much more sense. It's going to make so much more sense. I'm just tell, I'm just telling, just trust me on it. In the sense that, just give it the full hearing. And by the time we get through the gleanings, and we get through all this parts of the harvest, when we get to timing, it's going to be like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you I see what you're saying. So that's First Thessalonians. Verse 16, Titus chapter 2. Look at verse twelve. Teaching us, it's the grace of God that brings salvation of appeared in all men. Teaching us that, denying ungodliness, amen. And worldly lusts. Amen. We should live. Soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. This isn't trap yourself in your house and never go out because you're afraid of the world. This isn't isolate yourself on the top of a mountain so that nobody can get to you because you don't want the world to come into your house. No, this is live soberly, live righteously. Live godly in this present world. I'm not telling you to go out and and, and set up camp with you and your family inside hooligans or or, uh, you know, spankies or any of these uh, liquor outfits. I'm not telling you to do that. But, but I'll go down. To, I'll go down to devil's corner on the west side of town. I'll go down there. I won't go in, but I'll go down the corner and I'll give those people gospel tracks to go in the bar. I'll preach to them open air. Tell them Christ Jesus came in the world to save you from your sin. You want to trust Jesus or you want to go down a few Budweiser's? That'll get them to stop and think. You want you want the king of beer or you want the king of kings? Because you're going to walk, you can walk in through that door or I can show you how to walk through the door. Amen. All right. I mean, I'll start up a conversation and preach on Jesus. First Corinthians 15. You just go right along. We need to be able to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Jesus mixed and mingled with the world, yet he said not. He wants us to be in this world, but not other world. Looking looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay. So, 1 Thessalonians, don't turn there. Let me just read it. 1 Thessalonians the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. Where does he descend? Well, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, meet the Lord in the air. Christ descends, but not to earth. It's the clouds. It's the air. We ascend, dead in Christ rise first, and we which are alive remain, caught up meet the Lord in the air. So it's a, it's a it's a descending of the Lord, not to earth. And it's an ascending of the saints, not the heaven. It's a cloud. We're in the clouds, man. It's like the whole internet thing, getting saved in the clouds. We're going to meet him in the clouds. Titus says, this is how I want you to live. And you can live that way if you're looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So the question is, who are you looking for? What are you looking for? No wonder so-called Christians can't live right, godly, soberly, and righteously down here. They're looking down and they're not looking up. They have not gotten a hold of the blessed hope. They have not gotten a hold of the idea that they are part of this main harvest, dead or alive, and we should be looking up. That's the only way me and you as Christians can live unto God soberly, righteously, and God. You know how many people just just got their eyes glued to the Internet all day? Kids got their eyes glued to TV and video games and, and the television all day. It's not healthy. They need to be able to look up. Look up. Look up with that glorious appearing What is that That is when We will be resurrected Dead in Christ shall ride first We are going to get a body That the gym Can't do for us <laughs> We are We want to be in shape I'm telling you We're going to have a glorified body That's pretty cool That's pretty cool That's part of the main harvest. And in Colossians chapter number three. Look at verse number 20. Colossians chapter three. No, no, no. The very beginning of the chapter. Verse number one. If you then be risen with Christ. Here it is. Seek those things which are above. Why should we see, be seeking those things that are above? The blessed hope we should be looking up. which Christ, Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ and God. Your affection, my affection, should be set on things above. We are so affectionate to things down here. We are, we just are. Money, nothing sinful with money. We need it, we do. Um, Churches need it, how do we operate? How do we keep the lights on? But that love of it, that lust of it, that'll hurt you. It'll hurt me. These this affectionate desire that we have when the bell goes off on our phone and it's just like we're Pavlovian dogs. And we're just and it's just the scroll, you know. It's the scroll. It's the scroll. And it's like, you know, you click on one thing. And then the algorithm gets you something else like to that. And they got the whole thing figured out. Your likes and your clicks and your this is and your that's. It basically allows you to set up and you don't even know it. Everything that you agree with is right there. It's right there. You just scroll. Ooh, I like that. Look, I'm not saying I don't have a phone. I'm not saying I don't use a phone. We, we, we do all that. But if it controls you and that's all you're looking for and that's the only thing you have an affection to, that's a problem. So, can you use that phone and still look up? No, I can't. Then get rid of it. Can you have that stuff and still get to church, still do public evangelism, still fellowship with Christians? Still read your Bible and still look up. No, I can't. Then get rid of the stuff. Now, if you can, keep the stuff. That means it doesn't control you. But if you can't, get rid of it. Get rid of it. That's what people don't want to do. And because we have not embraced this idea of the main harvest and us as Christians being a part of it, our hope is when is the government going to send us more money? When's the second stimulus check? When's the third stimulus check? When's the fourth stimulus check? And just go on down the line with other stuff too, that people are just so enamored with because our affections are an above. Philippians 3.20 says, for our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? All right. Last part of the message. Uh, Well, two more parts, but they're a little quicker than the first two. Uh, Let's get back to 1 Thessalonians. Let's get Philippians 3. First Corinthians 15 and 1 John chapter 3. Philippians 3, 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read you, as you're flipping through that, I'm going to read you First Thessalonians 4.17. I'll read you that. You don't have to turn there. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. This main harvest, we are going to be caught up. It's for Christians right now living in the church age. It will close out the church age. We will be caught up. There's a, there's a caught up part of this. All right? You don't have to turn here. I'm going to turn and I'm going to read it to you. I want, you, I want to make sure you have Philippians 3, 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 John 3. All right, make sure you got those three passages of scripture. And as you're just getting your bookends on that, Romans 7 22 says, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Well, I'm going to tell you who. The Lord Jesus Christ is. And he's going to do it with a shout and a trump. And you're going to be caught up if you're alive. You meet him in the air after the dead in Christ are risen first. So He's going to do? It's it caught up. We got a body of death. You know what Jesus said? I am the resurrection in John 11. And what else did he say? I am the resurrection and the life. You know what Romans 7 tells us? We have a body of death a body of death and old wretched man that I am who can deliver me from this body of death, the Lord Jesus Christ. He made the claim of that in John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. We're going to be caught up. It's caught up. We're going to, we're going to, we're not going to have that body of death anymore. All right. Ready? Philippians three. This will cheer you up. Philippians three, verse number 20. But our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who shall change our vile body. Imagine the kids waking up in the morning. Oh, hey, kids, you all look vile today. <laughs> Husbands ought not try that with their wives. Morning, honey, you look vile. What do you mean? Oh, just try to follow the Bible. Look, verse 21 21 says, we'll change our vile bodies. Folks, that's our bodies right now that we're living in. A vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Your vile body is going to be changed into a glorious body. This is the catching away. This is the harvest. The main part of this harvest. And it's not the first fruits. It's this main gathering. That the Lord will do. To close out the church, church. First Corinthians chapter number 15. All right. So you've got that. First Corinthians 15. Here it is. Verse 51, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Don't matter if you're dead or alive, don't be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be what? Changed. For this incorruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? Twinkling of an eye, last trump, trump shall send. No incorrupt, no, no corruption. Our vile body will no longer be vile and corrupt. Corruption's gone it'll be in Corruption Here's the best part You got your first John First John chapter Three look at verse Number two Beloved Now are we the sons of God And it thought not yet appear What we shall be But we know that When he shall appear We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. We're gonna be like him. A glorious body. It's not vile anymore. There's no corruption in it anymore. It is gonna be like him. That's the best part of it. Praise God. All right. Want to finish out. Keep first John. Get back to First Thessalonians and get first Timothy six. 1st Thessalonians 4, we'll do that first, 1st Timothy 6, and then keep your finger in 1st John. 1st Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 18, to close out this, this chapter, at least for tonight, the Bible says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. The blessed hope that we have as Christians, we should look up, we're going to be caught up. The blessed hope is part of the resurrection. It's the main harvest It's the main part of the harvest. It's not the first fruits. It's not the gleanings. It's the main harvest. It will close out the church age and That is our comfort. It should be a comforting thing. First Thessalonians 418 Now get over to 1st Timothy chapter 6 Now tell me if you've not seen this before Or tell me if you've heard this before and it's just been a while. It's going to renew your spirit. But Watch this. Watch this. Oh, God help us. First Timothy six. Look at verse 11. But thou, oh man of God, who wants what men here want to be a man of God? I want to be a man of God. All right. Here's how it's not a button, a robe, a ring and a certificate either from some, uh, you know, seminary. But but okay. It here's what it is. Watch, I want to be a man of God. Okay, here, here's what we do it starts off by telling you to flee. Men don't do that, no, they do. This is what they do they flee these things and follow after righteousness. Now, all those things you can see, uh, it, it, it starts all the way up to being in the beginning of chapter proud, doing nothing, got strife, got envy, you got uh, evil surmisings, you got disputings. Uh, you, you got destitute of the truth. you got supposing game is godliness. People aren't content. Uh, you know, they're, 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 food and raiment ain't good enough for them. They got hurtful lusts They're foolish. They love money. They erred in the faith. And you know what? This, but thou, old man of God, you want to be a man of God? Flee all that stuff. Run from it. And then he says, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Okay. Now, fellas how many of you still want to be a man of God? (laughs) Because my hand's kind of sneaking down. I want to, but when I read what I got to do to actually claim the title, it's like, uh, how about I just preach it, Lord? (laughs) Why don't I just teach it and just put it on somebody else? (laughs) Because we're not such a man of God, are we? We're not. And God says, you flee some stuff, and if you follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness, you're going to be a man of God. And then he says, watch. First, he tells you to flee. Now, verse 12, he tells you to fight. And he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Worm to thou also are called, and that's professed a good profession before many witnesses. I Give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things. And before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Now watch this. Verse 14. This is the verse I want us to get a hold of. Watch this. That thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you want to be a man of God, flee all this stuff, follow after this. And then he tells us, by the way, fight the good fight. And he says, this is the commandment. What's the commandment? To do this, fight this good fight, flee those things, follow after righteousness, godliness, and all that stuff. Fight the good fight. Until when, Lord? When do I get to stop fighting? Until I call you out of here, amen. You keep fighting. Christians won't look up They are so enamored and, and, and affectionate towards things on earth and you know what Christians won't do they won't fight They won't fight And God commands us to fight the good fight until when Lord it's a no-time-limit fight boys You keep fighting until I ring the bell. What's the bell Lord? The trump's going to sound, amen? And then the round's over and he calls you up and that's our blessed hope. Get in the fight. Amen. Get in the fight. Preach it. Amen. Thank you, brother. First John chapter three. First John chapter three. We'll close out. Last, last part. Verse number two. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we all, for we shall see him as he is. And every man, here's what I want to pull out on this verse: that hath this hope in him, purifieth himself, even as he is pure. First Thessalonians, we have comfort. First Timothy, chapter six, God commands us to fight until the appearing. First John, chapter three, verse three, he says. Have you purified yourself? Remain pure until I come. You don't want the Lord catching you doing something when he appears, do you? Neither do I, remain pure. First John chapter two, and then we're done. First John chapter two, flip one page back, verse 21. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lies of the truth. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same is not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. And that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. Ye shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you And ye need not that any man teach you But as of the same anointing teacheth you of all things as is truth And is no lie And even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him And now little children Abide in him Here it is watch it's coming That when he shall appear We may have confidence in and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of God. What am I trying to get you to see as we close out? 1 John chapter 2, you can have confidence of the blessed hope. We may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. How can we not be ashamed? How can we be confident? Live pure. Get in the fight.